0: Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Several teachers unions in districts large and small across California this year have stepped away from the classroom after voting to strike. Others have threatened to do so. As we record this episode of Education Beat, teachers in Fresno are currently voting on whether or not to strike. The union and the district have not come to an agreement on class size, teacher pay, and benefits. The first and only time Fresno teachers have been on strike before was 45 years ago in 1978.
1: There's neighbors pitted against neighbors, best friends pitted against best friends.
0: What can we learn from those who are involved in both sides of that strike? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. In the fall of 1978, Barbara Mendez joined the picket line with other teachers outside her school, Lane Elementary in Fresno. She says the main demand was to lower class sizes. Her husband, Larry, a high school teacher, went on strike, too.
2: My husband had so many children in his class. He had some of them sitting on the vents that ran along the window.
0: Joining the strike was not a decision Barbara took lightly. She says it was hard for both her and her husband to be on strike at the same time.
2: It was difficult because there were two of us without a salary.
0: But they were willing to make the sacrifice because they believed it was the right thing to do.
2: I think that was important to let the teachers know that they they could do something that would make an impact as hard as it was on everybody.
0: And it was difficult. After the strike was over, Barbara says there were a lot of hard feelings.
2: There are teachers to this day who won't speak to each other because one struck and the other didn't.
0: This is Education Beat. Getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, what a teacher's strike 45 years ago can teach us today. My colleague Lasharika Thornton spoke with both Barbara Mendez and the president of the school board at the time of the strike, Nancy Richardson, about what they learned from the experience. Hi, LaSherica. Hey. LaSherica, what made you want to write about the 1978 strike?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, Number one, that's when the last actual strike was. Fresno Unified teachers have voted to strike before they voted in 2017, but a third party ended up stepping in and... They avoided it. And so when I found out that the last actual spark was 1978, I was just like, you know, I'm pretty sure there are people alive. Let's go back and let's just find out more. Let's find out what's the same, what's different. How was it? What was the effects? Because until you've talked to somebody who can provide that perspective, you're only speculating about what could be.
0: And how did you end up getting in touch with Barbara and Nancy?
3: There's this guy on Twitter. He knew Miss Barbara. And he was like, I'm pretty sure she's still active in something. He was like, let me see if I can find out where she is. And and he did. And I went to a Fresno Unified board meeting and the district was doing this presentation honoring all of these veteran educators just for their contributions to the community. And they were talking about Nancy and I'm just like... I wonder if she was there in 78. And so after her presentation, I was just like, hey, you know, I'm doing this. And she was like, yeah, I was there. I was the board of president. District. So that's how it happened.
0: Nancy Richardson, who was the school board president at the time of the 1978 strike, told Lesherka that the district was in a tight place in the fall of 1978. A few months before, voters had passed Prop 13, which limited property tax increases.
1: And made it difficult for management to say, yeah, we'll give you a three-year contract with wonderful raises, which you richly deserve, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't do that if you really don't know what your income stream is going to be.
0: Nancy says tensions were already high in the district before the strike because they had just recently desegregated the schools and staff. So there was
1: massive turmoil surrounding that and um, a whole lot of unhappy people.
0: As the strike went on, things got harder. A local credit union offered teachers low-cost loans and Barbara and her husband took them up on it. But other teachers couldn't afford to keep striking.
2: I know there are a few teachers who lasted it, about half the time, and then they had bills to pay, and so they had to go back in. But they went back in for monetary reasons, not because they changed their mind about the reason for the strike.
0: Barbara says it helped, though, that some parents invited teachers over to their homes for coffee and pastries. Barbara tried to make sure her students knew she was okay that she was just standing up for her principal, she says.
2: I think at many schools it was very traumatic, especially for the younger ones. But I know that many of us on the picket line would be there as school let out just to smile, just a smile at the students so they'd know we were okay and that they'd be okay.
0: Teachers called Nancy, the school board president, on her home phone constantly, and she would listen to them. But occasionally she got a threatening message, and the teachers' union held a candlelight vigil on Nancy's street one night.
1: I was the spokesperson for the board, so I was a target. So yeah, I worried for my children's safety.
0: The strike went on for two weeks. As Thanksgiving approached, Nancy says there was more pressure to end it.
1: Trust me, people aren't thinking much beforehand about how do you end a strike. What do you say? How do you do it? How do you... How do you get your people who are all energized on whatever side they are to Mm. say, okay, that's enough, thank you. Take a breath. Here's how we're going to move ahead.
0: So how did they move ahead? Here's what Barbara Mendez says happened.
2: We fell into something very lucky. Nancy Richardson went around to various schools and talked to us strikers. So she was very important as ending the strike. It was based on her talk and her voting. The strike would not have ended without her.
0: Nancy says it took Will on both sides to get together and talk over how to move forward.
2: We did that sitting down together.
0: LaSherica, I was actually really surprised that Barbara knew Nancy and that Nancy knew Barbara and they kind of remembered each other from the strike.
3: Yes, that was one of the most interesting, crazy things because they just kind of ended up talking about it. And Miss Barbara, even, I even asked her, I said, you know, this time around, do you think it's going to take somebody like Miss Nancy to either avoid the strike or end like She said, yes, like it's going to take somebody to be willing to listen, to be willing to talk and figure out a way to move forward. And she, Miss Barbara, even hopes that Superintendent Bob Nelson will be that person. You know, she commended the work he's done and, and she just feels that he needs to be the leader that steps up and listens and communicates and finds a way to either avoid the strike or, if it happens, be the one that, that goes out and does what needs to be done to end the strike.
0: The agreement that the teachers and the district came up with was the first negotiated agreement ever in Fresno Unified. Neither Barbara or Nancy remember the details of that agreement. They do remember that teachers didn't get everything they wanted. Barbara says even so, she doesn't regret striking.
2: I think we opened up the lines of communication. I think that may be the only thing that really, really was a good thing. Today,
0: 45 years later... Barbara says it's hard to see a strike looming again, to see teachers having to decide again whether to strike, about some of the same issues as back in 1978, like class size and teacher pay. Barbara taught for 22 years, but she's now retired. She's 84 years old. Her daughter and daughter-in-law are also retired teachers. Her granddaughter is also a teacher, and she's now teaching in Fresno Unified.
2: It's very difficult to think of her having to make that choice.
0: Part of why it's hard for Barbara to think about is that she says it was really difficult to bring people together after the strike.
2: And I spent a lot of time after the strike trying to mend defenses, trying to heal the wounds.
0: Nancy agrees.
2: Whenever there is a strike
1: anywhere, building back trust afterwards takes so long and mm-hmm. is so difficult. Uh, it's horrible because relationships have been fractured, uh, sometimes for life. There's neighbors pitted against neighbors, best friends pitted against best friends.
0: LaSherica, as someone who lives in Fresno, what does it feel like right now among Fresno parents and Fresno teachers? Number
3: one, the trust already is breaking, if it's not already broken, between Um, many administrators and many teachers, because with what's happened in negotiations, there's been so much back and forth. And you have a lot of teachers, I believe, who are questioning what's going on. And then you have parents, including myself, (laughs) the parents and the students are kind of stuck in limbo, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know Even parents have to make decisions on, do I support the teachers and not send my kids to school? Or do I go ahead and send them because I really need to go? Do I go ahead and send them because I really need to work? (laughs) Um, It's a lot of unknown, but it's also a lot of, it's just a lot of emotions because of the way things have happened this year.
0: What exactly are the teachers in Fresno and the district fighting over?
3: One of the things that the teachers have wanted this year are lifetime medical benefits for retirees. So that's, you know, even after retirement, educators would be able to still get a district-provided health plan. At first, the district stood firm and, you know, that isn't sustainable, especially long-term. It's actually something that the district used to do before, but they stopped the practice in 2005. However, the district recently came back Friday, and instead of lifetime benefits, or what they consider lifetime benefits, they're doing something that's called, Superintendent Bob Nelson called it a bridge to Medicare. And so what they're going to do is at age 57 and a half, if you've worked in the district for 20 years um, and you retire, you're going to have access to a health plan as if you were an employee, still an employee and at the same rate. And then when they turn 65 and become eligible for Medicare, they would get access to a health plan that takes care of everything that Medicare does not. And so the the, the union considers that, of course, a big win, but there are other issues as far as like salary, the teachers union feels that they want whatever percentage of a cost of living increase that the district gets from the state. At this point, the district is now offering 14% in raises and 5% in one time payments over the next three years. But the the union looks at it as the offer still doesn't allow teacher salary to keep pace with rising inflation. And then the last thing, a key issue you know, I've been talking to to sources who've been a part of the district for several years, and they say class size will always be an issue, um, and that's no different this time around. The union wants a cap, whereas the district they they won't agree to it. Even in their revised proposal from this past Friday, they they're still not agreeing to a cap. They they want to determine class size by average or ratios, um, and they they want they want to keep that model.
0: It seems like there have been many. Unions voting to strike, striking this year in particular. And do you kind of have a sense of why so many unions are, are are doing this right now? So for
3: one, again, kind of looking at two sides of it, right? So Superintendent Nelson described it as the California Teachers Association having a playbook. So he thinks that this is happening in that context because CTA is laying out what districts need to do to get, I guess, what they want. But you have teachers, according to the union president, who are just tired. The pandemic just happened. And I know the union president described to me as, you went from teachers doing any and everything and going above and beyond in the pandemic, and then now they feel undervalued. Now they're not being paid enough for now. And they also kind of feel like they haven't been listened to. Like, That's how they view it versus how the district views it.
0: Barbara Mendez and Nancy Richardson both feel like there are lessons to be learned from 1978 that might help Fresno today. Barbara says it's important to remember that the strike can be confusing for kids. She has this advice for teachers.
2: Be sure you do a good job of talking to your students before to let them know that they're fine and you're fine little ones worry about the teacher. Say, I'm fine. I'll be waving at you in the morning and the, and the afternoon when you go to school. And I'm just standing up for my principals. And I think it's a good time for the, the older students to understand integrity.
0: And she has this advice for the district.
2: Just listen to what the teachers are complaining about and promise to do something about it. I think that would avert the strike.
0: And here's what Nancy has to say.
1: Think about how it's going to go afterwards and focus on the kindness and respect it will take for people to work together successfully.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools a production of EdSource. You can find LaSherica's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Barbara Mendez, Nancy Richardson, and LaSherica Thornton. Our CEO is Anne Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the James B. McClatchy Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.